scumbags! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Let's roll. Level two. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morency. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. Throwing it down on a wicked a Wednesday. We still have a ton of stuff to get into, including the grid, but we'll start off on the hardwood as the Miami Heat uh, get it done. Uh, after what seemed like a, uh, a layoff that was extended and lasted forever, seemed like it was an advantage for the Boston Celtics. Many people think the Boston Celtics are the better basketball team. Well, the Boston Celtics have their backs against the wall. Tyler Hero was exactly that this evening. The kid drops 37. He's the youngest player. Uh, to, he scored the most points for the youngest player going all the way back to 1981. All right, uh, Andrew Tony going back to 81, incidentally, against the Boston Celtics. Old school Boston Celtic fans are having nightmares uh, right now about uh, Tyler Hero and thinking back to the old school Dr. J days with the Philadelphia 76ers. Could be old school Pat Riley versus, ooh, maybe the Los Angeles Lakers or the Denver Nuggets going to get back in it. We'll break it down with Ian Cameron, but Ben will get his thoughts on the Western Conference uh, Finals. The betters are responding right now. They're betting on uh, the Denver Nuggets. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning get it done uh, this evening. The game goes over the number. Steven Stamkos uh, comes back, scores a goal on his first shot after like being out for six and a half months, and then uh, ends up getting hurt again after the fact. Uh, crazy uh, sequence and turning of events for Steven Stamkos, but either way, the Tampa Bay Lightning have a 2-1 series lead uh, right now. Big night in Tampa. Tampa Bay Rays finally nail it down. A big night because we finally nail it down. We've been riding the Rays all week trying to clinch uh, this American League uh, East division. And don't forget, they were plus 300 coming into the year. They cashed that ticket. They do win the division when it's all uh, said and done. Uh, The Cleveland Indians are starting to get hot right now. The Chicago White Sox are starting to uh, not uh, be hot right now. Major League Baseball playoffs start in six days. The chaos and the carnage is set to begin. It's stupid allowing everybody in, but it's going to make for some good television, and it's going to make for uh, some uh, interesting betting situations. All right, speaking of betting situations, let's get into this Thursday night football game. Seems like the world's on Jacksonville. Two weeks ago, Jacksonville's the worst team in the history of of sports. And uh, now, no, no, no. Bring it. And your rage. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Yeah, just played sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Sports Rage Late Night continues. I am Renzi throwing it down on this uh, crazy, uh, crazy uh, Wednesday. And um, as I was stating earlier, it seems as if though uh, that um, uh, that there are all kinds of problems with Twitter right now. I'm not the only one. Uh, out there. So if you're out there and you got Twitter problems, you're not the only one right now. I'm at Sports Rage uh, normally, but I can't see anything. But 
I got to be honest. It's sort of like it's cool. It's like the old days. It's like having a beeper. <laughs> and I'm old enough that I had beepers, page, I call them. And, um, you know, those were the good old days. Like somebody would call and basically your option, whether you were going to call back or not, right? Now with cell phones and stuff like that, you know what I mean? You're screwed <laughs> unless you do what I do and just turn your ringer off. But um, so now it's like, whatever. I can tweet, but bad. I just can't. Uh, and I can see. If you tweet something, I can see. So I could read your, like, any, oh, no, I can't now because I'm not following you now. It's nothing personal, Babano, for the record. Um, it unfollowed everybody I was following. So, but for some reason, like, I can still see a lot of things. I don't know. Twitter's just all whacked out uh, tonight, but I don't care. As long as I'm able to get my bets in, that's all that matters, uh, Babano. That's like, if the, if the sports book account was whacked out, then I'd probably, I'd be in a bigger, uh, bigger panic. <laughs> But um, speaking of this football game, Abano. It tells you about the world we live in right now, uh, Gabe, that uh, the 2020, that, you know, we can't access Twitter or it's not working properly or we can't do things we normally do in Twitter. We feel like we're handcuffed. <laughs> that, that's how powerful this, this, this application has become, you know, in our society. Yeah, yeah well, everyone's so attached to everything, Abano, right? And, and, and yeah. technology and stuff. Yeah. Like, I really didn't mind. Like I said, I, you know, I only got it back tonight, actually. I've been, I was off all day. Like I couldn't even get in type thing. And I was mad at first. And after about 30 minutes, I didn't care. You know, my only deal was, I was like, man, I got to promote the show. I got guests like, you know what I mean? And stuff. I got to, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, we all spend way too much online uh, anyways, to begin with. And like you said, you take, you know, you take these devices away from us. So we become like panic little children, right? Without sugar. Oh my God. Twitter's down. Oh, it's the end of the world. So it is, hey, listen, as long as we're doing the shows, yeah, we're getting exactly our bets right. in, that's, that's all that matters. <laughs> so, and people should, like, live in the real yep. world and talk to real people as opposed to on, online all day. The only time you should be online is when you're watching this show. <laughs> all right, five hours a day, yeah. <laughs> uh, three hours earlier, two hours at night, five hours a day online. And uh, and uh, <laughs> that that's the only... That, that's the, yeah, exactly. Uh, Sports Rage Late Night and GTD. There you go. There's There's when you should be online. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then watch your videos too, Babano. Anyway, watch Babano's videos as well. But all right, yep. let's get down to business, get serious. Um, this football game tomorrow. So, yeah, I was saying, everybody you know, before the season started, including myself, including myself, said, oh, Jacksonville is going to be the worst team in the NFL. And it almost seemed like free money. It was like plus 250 or so in that range that they would have the worst record, Babano. And the Washington football team were the second team. I didn't really think they justifiably were. And, like, the, the Bengals were at the bottom, et cetera. So, anyways, the Jags aren't the worst team, right? And you can tell they're not the worst team, and they're probably not going to be the worst team. They're still not good, though. And I think people are getting carried away with battle. So, I should note, I was one of the people that said Jacksonville was going to suck before the year started. But I was also one of the few people who stated, and I warned everybody, I said, don't take the Colts in your survivor, right? Because the Jags could beat these guys. Especially in the first week. They're going to be all fired up. Everyone says they suck. And uh, and then they win. Then last week, they hung around. You know what I mean? And that's what Minshew's going to do, though, right? The guy doesn't tap out. He's playing for money. He knows, you know, he knows his situation. He, you know, he knows the, what, what the future is uh, here. So he plays with house money. He's fearless. I totally get it. But I find it amazing, Babano. Like, just that two weeks ago, people thought the Jags were the worst team in the history of football. And now, two weeks later, they're three-point favorites on Thursday night football. 
And remember two weeks ago, Babano, everybody was saying out of Miami Dolphins, we're going to be a competitive team this year. And, oh, they're, you know, they might compete for a playoff spot. They're going to be 8-8 eight and eight at least. And, like, they're going in the right direction. We saw what they did last year. And now suddenly everybody abandoned ship. I personally think it's the old early season overreaction. I don't think Jacksonville should be favored against anybody. Um, yeah, Minshew's very accurate with his dink and dunk stuff. He's a good quarterback. I, I don't have a problem with him. But um, I still don't think they should be favored against anybody. And if you look at the Miami Dolphins, Babano, and and who they played this year, dude, they had to deal with the Patriots in, in the first week. We just saw what the Patriots did to the Seattle Seahawks, um, how many points they put up, right? They didn't put up that many against the Miami Dolphins. They didn't have that, you know, same success. You know how hard it is to play Cam Newton in the first game with the Patriots, guys? First game with the Patriots. You have no idea what they're going to do, Babano. There was no preseason. There was no nothing. It's like, I don't know. Is he running? Is he throwing? What are they going to do with this guy? We have no idea. No one knew what they were going to do. That's a difficult spot to be in if you're the Miami Dolphins. You had no idea. Like, you couldn't even take Carolina's plays. Like, Babano, there was nothing. Like, they were literally on the field and like, oh, God, like, we don't know what they're going to do. It's Belichick and McDaniels. It's Cam Newton's first game in this system. Who knows? Then last week, they had to play one of the better teams in the AFC. I think the third best team in the AFC, uh, the Buffalo Bills, uh, Babano. So if you look at the schedule for the Miami Dolphins, it hasn't been easy. And everyone's abandoned ship on them. I know they have injuries on the defensive side of the football, and I agree with your your assessment that there could be some points in this football game, but I don't think you can lay three points. Same it's same theory to me as last week with the with the Browns. You can't lay points with the Browns. It's as simple as that. We can be, I don't know, I'm like you now. I, I'm I'm making this a long story, but I can save us all time and just say you can't lay points with a team like the Jags. <laughs> Give me the Miami Dolphins. And I think yeah. the Dolphins are a great teaser, but battle getting up there to plus ten as well. I definitely like the over a lot more than the side. I still can't take Miami here because of the defensive injuries. Like they were plentiful. There's defensive line injuries. There's two second, two cornerbacks, both starting corners may be out. Howard actually might still play, but Byron Jones is definitely out. That's a concern because all Gardner Minshew's done is chucking the football to DJ Chark and Keelan Cole and, and all of those receivers down at the. He's completing 75% of his passes. I mean, he's been accurate. He's been efficient. That's a problem against the banged-up secondary. But here's the issue. Here's the counter-argument. If you like Miami, here's your argument. Jacksonville's catching a touchdown or more against both Indy and Tennessee. You know, and now they're laying points. So this is a completely different role for Jacksonville. Are they ready for it? We'll see. I can't take Miami with the injuries because Minshew's picked apart past defenses the last couple weeks, and I can't see Miami's past defense being any better than Indy or Tennessee. But there's a there's a point spread value argument here that's valid. You know, Jacksonville goes from catching more than a touchdown in each of their first two games to suddenly laying points. We'll see if they're ready for it. I like the over more. I lean Jacksonville. I'm still going to lean to that side, but I like the over more. But that's your argument, Gabe. If you like Miami and anyone liking Miami, Jacksonville not ready to lay points. That's where the argument begins. Yeah, you know, listen, There's the injuries are a big problem, man. Never more so, Babano, than this year, it seems, in the National Football League, that injuries really do matter. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of times, it's like, all right, this guy's out, but don't be all right, and next man up. But this year is different. Like, they, like rookies aren't ready. And second, you know what I mean? Like, guys aren't ready. 
you know, and you're getting so many injuries that it's not just like the backup, right? It's like you look at look at the Detroit Lions, a good example. Like the Detroit Lions, like get rid of Darius Slay, and they draft Jeff Okuda, who wasn't as good as they would hope, as quick as they wanted, right? Like he wasn't good enough to be a starter, and then he got hurt. So not only that, it's like all right, we can't even use him because then he gets hurt, and then basically. Then, so you're already down to sort of like your third string, Kyle, your third best cornerback, suddenly your best cornerback. Then he got hurt, and then the next guy got hurt. <laughs> That's why Trubisky picked them apart. So injuries really do seem to be having a massive effect this year, Babana. You're right. Uh, but, I mean, I, like I said, I just, you know, and if you want to tease this game, I really do think, like if the Jags win, are they really going to blow the Dolphins out? I think the Dolphins find a way to win this football game tomorrow. I think they're going to win the game outright. Uh, actually. All right, we'll get college football on the other side. This, this stuff just flying by. Thanks for hanging in with us, Babano. College football on the other side. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Let me get this straight. You took all the money you made franchising your name and bid it against the Harlem Globetrotters? Uh, I thought the generals were due. He's spinning the ball on his finger. Just take it. Take the ball. That game was fixed. They were using a freaking ladder, for God's sakes. Sports Rage Late Night continues. All right, we got a couple more minutes with Ian Cameron. Thanks to Cam Stewart uh, for joining us on the program. This show always goes by real fast. It's always, uh, you know, the quickest 120 minutes in sports, but it really is uh, tonight. We're just speeding by. That's um, so, and Gabe, that's so, exactly why I don't mind hanging on with with you for an hour because it does. It feels like it flies by. It feels like we've barely talked about anything yet. <laughs> uh, Ian Cameron uh, with us, uh, the very talkative uh, Ian Cameron. Um, so as I was saying, <laughs> it's the Wicked Wednesday, and uh, thanks to Cam Stewart. Uh, for uh, for joining us on the show, man, your your timing's great, uh, Babano. Uh, great, great, great timing. <laughs> so, uh, good thing you're not in a band. I got I got to tell you, you, you ever in a band? You ever play an instrument before, Babano? Yeah, you got you got to be in sync with everybody in the band. That is key to success. And you're right. I might struggle with that from time to time. <laughs> I know you like music. You're pretty musical, so you didn't answer the question though. So uh, you've never been, you, you never played any musical instrument, you've never been in a band or anything like that. Uh, I did a flute and a recorder when I was a little kid, you know, <laughs> in one of these little music maker classes they called it. That's about it. I never, you know, got into guitar or piano or anything else other than that. So, <laughs> yeah, but I, I love think. music. I love listening to music. Can't play it worth a darn. Well, you're quite the rapper. You are. You are quite the rapper. But oh, yeah. uh, we don't. Not, we're not asking. I do. I've got some under the radar rap skills. No. Yeah, all right. No, no you, nobody needs to hear that. <laughs> we've we've heard them before. No, no, that's it. There's a time and place for it, but not now. Like you said, yeah. <laughs> we'll get down to business. All right. So UAB Blazers, UAB Blazers. Um, listen, it's a garbage game, a battle. Uh, it is what it is. But that's the college game up. Um, so we'll get to that in a second. But any other NFL game you want to throw out there before we get into the college? 
I brought up Thursday's game. You said you like the over. Uh, anything on Sunday before we move on to college? Yeah, I actually like your Buffalo Bills on Sunday. Uh, I think it's great from a situational standpoint. The L.A. Rams played in Philly last week, went back to L.A., and now they're flying back to Buffalo. They did not stay on the East Coast. San Francisco did. The L.A. Rams didn't. So that is a big-time thing to keep an eye on. The one concern I've got is the Bills are banged up beyond belief at linebacker. I mean, Milano didn't play last week. Uh, Edmonds didn't play last week. I mean, they've got some concerns there at that spot. And it looked like it impacted them a little bit against Miami. Uh, We're going to have to see if they get healthier there. But I think it sets up well for the Bills. I mean, you could talk about the Bills playing the Dolphins and the Jets. I get it. Two really poor teams to begin the season. But the Rams played an Eagles team that stunk so far. And a Cowboys team that's adjusting to life with Mike McCarthy, a new head coach with no preseason. I mean, it's not like the Rams have, you know, just played a great schedule so far either. And I think it's going to be tougher here against the Bills. So I like the way it sets up for Buffalo, laying less than a field goal. I'm also interested in the Washington football team for the first time this year. I didn't take them against Philly. I didn't bet their game against Philly. I didn't bet their game last week against Arizona. But you're going to tell me Cleveland now laying a touchdown or more. Uh, can I get at least an effort from Washington? Their defensive line still very good. You know, Baker Mayfield could be susceptible to mistakes against a good pass rush that maybe the Washington team can bring. It's just me not trusting Cleveland laying that many points. And Washington's playing hard. They're not necessarily always playing great, but they beat Philly. They ran into a really good Arizona team last week, but I don't trust Cleveland laying those points. So I'm going to try to make a case for Buffalo and for the Washington football team on Sunday. I don't have a problem uh, with that. Like, you know, same theory, but as I was talking about earlier, as I say, you can't lay points with the Cleveland Browns. You know, they won last week. Good for them. Congratulations. Uh, they played well. Um, they ran the ball. They ran the hell out of the ball. But, um, you know, same thing. They didn't cover the point spread, right? So now you get Washington going. Interesting, Haskins going back to Ohio. Um, you know, of course, Ohio State. Um, so, and playing another last week it was Burrow. Now this week they get Haskins. It's interesting how that works out. But yeah, getting seven points intriguing. Intriguing there. You brought up the. Um, I'm not in love. I I haven't really. You know, I'm not arguing with your pick, but I'm not endorsing it. That's just for people tuning in. <laughs> so I'm not like yeah, yeah. Marenzi said he's on Washington too, but I understand Babano's logic and thinking uh, there. And there's no way in hell I'm ever laying points with the Cleveland Browns. As far as that Bills game too. Listen, that's going to be a good game, Babano. That's, you know, they're both good. Like, there's no, I totally get it. Like, we can poke holes in both teams and say, oh, the Bills beat the Jets and the Dolphins, which is true. And as you stated, well, you know, it was McCarthy's first game and, and then the Eagles. But it's true. Like, the Rams are more, the Rams, the caliber of opponent the Rams have played is better, Babano, right? It is. It's more impressive to beat the Cowboys and the Eagles than it is to beat the Dolphins and the Jets. It just is. But it's all irrelevant. It doesn't matter who you beat as long as you win. The fun It's going to be a good game. But one thing, Babano, I think about this game, and look at the total. You would sort of think, right, like, oh, the Bills defense and the Rams defense, you know, defensive battle and stuff. I think the difference is, Babano, as crazy as this sounds, that the Rams are going to have a hard time keeping up with the Bills offensively. And it's crazy to say that because the Bills' offense has never been known as being lethal, but the Bills are scoring points. And at home, Josh Allen's a stud. They're comfortable on that field. Stephon Diggs is is lighting it up right now. They're, they, and, 
And as I talked about earlier with the Cam Newton stuff, Abano, it's tough for teams, too. They don't really know. Like, there's not a lot of tape with Diggs, right, And with the Bills. Now there's only two games. So what are they doing? Like, you know, are they, you know, what what side of the field? What are they doing with Diggs? The teams haven't fully figured it out yet. And and John Brown gets open. The dude's fast as hell. So now you got to put your best DB on on Diggs, and it's really opening up Brown now. The Bills offense is good, bro. Josh Allen's lighting it up, 417 passing yards last week, 300 plus. Uh, I think it was what 313 or whatever it was in, in week one, 300 plus. So I think the Bills offense can have some success here. The total's 47 for a reason, but I think there could be some points in this Bills Rams game. Yeah, it's possible. 44 and a half, I think it was earlier in the week, and it's 47. And look, Josh Allen's finding weapons down the field now, and he's throwing the ball deep, and he's doing it a lot more than he did last year, and he's having a lot more success with it than he did last year. So you can understand from that well, sentiment didn't have that the Bills are just Diggs vertically attacking. Year. That's exactly right. You have a true true bona fide number one receiver, and it's definitely helped. There's one game that stuck stuck out to me, too. Houston-Pittsburgh. A lot of money this week on Houston. And a lot of teams, like in the situation Houston is in, the Texans, these 0-2 teams, 0-2 straight up or 0-2 ATS, they're taking a lot of money because a lot of people just knee-jerk bet those teams thinking, oh, they're desperate, they're urgent, they've got to win this game, must win, they can't go to 0-3. I, I, I like bucking some of those teams in those situations. And to me, Houston's a mess. I know they played Kansas City and Baltimore. We talked about that preview in the season. It was going to be a difficult first couple weeks, but I don't see anything I like with this team. J.J. Watts ticked off already. Players sound miserable in the locker room and in their post-game comments for Houston after these first two games. There's no pass rush. The secondary's been terrible. The offense is underwhelmed. Now you got to go on the road play. A Steeler defense, I think, could be top five, top ten defense this year. They look really, really good. Great defensive line. And the O-line's been awful for the Texans. I worry about Pittsburgh's defensive front, which is their strength, getting after Watson and really blowing up the line of scrimmage. And on the flip side, you're starting to see Ben and the Steeler offense, Miss Schuster, the Canadian, Chase Claypool, starting to get things going a little bit offensively. Houston's defense has looked bad. I don't understand the Houston love. I'm going against it. I like Pittsburgh. Yeah, you know, the number feels a little low. I, I can't argue that uh, that point. But, man, look at you know, four, four, four points right now at FanDuel. Totals 45. Houston, man, I don't know. I don't know who hates them in the, in the league office, but somebody clearly does. It's not even fair. Like, the, their schedule is it's ridiculous. It's the, Their schedule is freaking ridiculous. Like, to open up on the road at Kansas City. So, you know, limited training camp, no preseason. Lose DeAndre Hopkins. Open up your season against the Kansas City Chiefs. Then get the Baltimore Ravens. And then you have to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think they play the Vikings next week, too. Like, uh, you know, like O'Brien. I've Listen, O'Brien, you can criticize this guy. And I do, too. But I'm just stating, like, the Texans have really been put in a bad spot, man. And like it's you know it's really difficult to get out of this. They're kind of screwed. I don't know. Like it's weird the numbers so low, Babano. It's almost like it's that trap, right? It's like why? How come the Steelers aren't six and a half, seven point favorites in this game? It's because the betting markets gave love these zero and two teams because they feel they got to bring their best game. Cowboys, Texans, Titans, Vikings. I mean, there's so many of these zero and two ATS teams, and there's a long term trend that says they're great bets in week three when they're 0-2 ATS, but they don't win all the time. 
Yeah, they, I think a good percentage long term over the last few years, but it's not unbeatable. I like to sometimes look for those spots where I think you can't just blindly bet that. And to me, this Houston team is one of those teams I'm looking to do that. Of course, you got Tennessee and Minnesota Gabe playing each other, and they're both 0 and 2. And I actually like the Titans there. The Vikings look terrible. Tennessee, There's something wrong with this team. They've you know, lost Tennessee are 2 and 0. Tennessee are 2 2 and 0. Babano in the real world, though, right? I get it. Like they, they what they haven't yeah. covered, but they're two and zero. But battle like the Tennessee Titans, like are don't have problems in their world. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like because they're because they yeah. didn't cover the spread. Like that was that that was that was the definition of an inept performance last week on both sides of the football by the Minnesota Vikings. That was embarrassing for them. There, well, listen, yeah, the, Vi- the Vi- Vikings are um, they're a team that has problems. They, you talk about a desperate team and stuff. I don't know, man. Zimmer going at it with his young secondary. Their play calling sucks, Babano. All right. Well, we're already out of time here, Babano. So uh, one college pick. You got 15 seconds if you can pull it off. Well, you mentioned the game Thursday night. South Alabama, they're 2-0 ATS. UAB's 0-2 ATS. One undervalued, one overvalued. Give me South Bama as a home dog. All right. Ian Cameron. Follow him on Twitter. At Babano. Betting with Babano. Watch his videos on YouTube. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. My name's Bobby and I am an addict. Hey, Bobby. Hey, Bobby. You know, you folks aren't here because you're gamblers. You are here because you are terrible gamblers. Hey, Bobby. These folks don't need to stop doing what they're doing. They just need to get better okay. at it. Sports Rage Late Night continues. I am Renzi. Thanks to Ian Cameron and Cam Stewart for stepping up and in uh, here uh, this evening. Uh, so uh, you know uh, you know what went down. Uh, the Miami Heat uh, get it done. The Boston uh, Celtics went down uh, this evening. and. You know, Boston's in tough uh, right now. Backs against the wall from here on out uh, in this series. And, you know, it really is amazing, isn't it? And I don't, you know, is it, you can't call out the odds maker, all right? Because, yeah, how many of us beat the odds maker and can mock the odds maker? But it really is amazing how, is it the public or is it the odds? And I guess it's a little bit of both, but it's, the odds maker's only, post what they think the public's going to bet, right? They're not posting numbers for what who they think is going to win. But where I'm going with this is, you look at the Miami Heat, and the Miami Heat were getting like five and a half points, six points against the Milwaukee Bucks. Finally, they they adjusted it to four. And, then, and you know what I mean? But through, you know, the, the point spread really didn't change. And look, so now you have Miami. They're up three games to one. And Look where all the money came in tonight. Boston went up to three and a half. And, you know, it's just over and over and over again. And guess who's favored in the next game? Boston. Yeah, but Boston's the better team. Yeah, you know, like, really? They're not the better team. If they were the better team, they wouldn't be down three to one right now. (laughs) Like, they're not the better team. And Miami are underdogs again. 
And everyone's going to make the big case for Boston. Oh, yeah, but they need this one. And, oh, they're, you know, our boy Pete Shepard the other night. And God bless him. But, you know, he's from Boston. So, of course, he went down that route. But I don't think Boston loses another game in a series. Right? I don't think Boston loses another game in a series. They're clearly the better team. He was. He's not alone. I remember, look, remember Teddy. You know, same thing with the Raptors. No, Boston. They're not going to lose another game. Boston, Boston. You know, Tony Finn, we always hear, oh, Boston have the better players on the court. Who'd you rather? Jason Tatum's the best. Like, I don't know. He's not. Like, he's good. It's crazy. Jason Tatum, I don't know how the hell we hit that prop tonight over 24 and a half points. I had a prop, Jason Tatum over 24 and a half points scored tonight. The guy had zero points in the first three quarters. <laughs> I was like, oh, great. Tonight I jump in on the kid. Uh, he's scoreless. And, and somehow he ends up with, what, 28? Real crazy. The Miami Heat are tough to deal with. Um, the Heat, like, you know, the, the Heat, the Heat played pretty much a perfect game this evening. They had their lapses, you know, they, they, this stuff's a game of runs. But the problem for the Heat is, and it's good news, bad news for the Heat, where, like, the Heat are a lot like the Raptors are. And, and I say that in a sense that it's different guys that step up every night for the Heat. You know, Jimmy Butler gets all the media attention, but, you know, Goran Dragic is, you know, mainly responsible for a lot of their success early in the series. Tyler Hero won the game for them tonight. Bam Abadeo has been killing it, right? Like, like they really are a team, but the thing with the Miami Heat is they're not very deep. Like, they play seven guys. And if, you know, they get tired, you see Dragic is, you know, we were talking about how Star players can maintain greatness or superstars can maintain greatness. You know, stars and sort of other guys can't. And, you know, Gordon Dragic is playing the best basketball of his career right now. Like, this guy's just stepping up, man, with clutch shots late. And, you know, Miami just sort of seemed to have that it factor right now. Like, they do. Like, they have that it factor. Like, the Eastern Conference battle-tested. They can shoot the three. They're, you know, like, if you look at the Miami Heat, they don't really have a lot of weaknesses uh, right now. Besides, besides sort of like I was going to say about the Raptors, with the Miami Heat, you need to drill them early, man. You need to get up on the Heat. Like, the Heat, like, remind me of, like, the Baltimore Ravens or, like, you know what I mean? Sort of like a football team that... You know, like, um, if you got to force them out of their element, like, you've got to, like, turn Miami into, like, a, you know what I mean? Like, you've got to take them out of their game early, and you see, like, Miami can fight back, but, you know, like, if you let Miami, if Miami start getting going and they get confidence and it starts to spread, they're very difficult to deal with. Like I said, Jimmy Butler gets all the love and attention, but Bam Abadeo has been just unbelievable. Uh, in this series, and Boston, Bam is doing what the Raptors weren't able to do to Boston, like basically kill them in the paint. I thought going into the series that the Raptors had a big advantage over Boston on the glass, and it didn't materialize. You know, Marcus Gasol was terrible. They didn't play Ibaka enough. Like, uh, Ibaka got hurt. It was just like one thing after another. And the Raptors just generally suck. Let's just be real, right? But Miami aren't sucking, and Boston don't have 
anybody that can deal with a big dude. Like, they just don't. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you look like with this, the success that they have, like, you know, on, on the court, it's just a problem for them. And for you prop players out there, you know, Bam Abadeo, he's gone over the points and rebounds and assist prop now um, in all four games. In all four games. He's been that dominant. And one thing I want to say about this this NBA bubble, we'll get into the Lakers and the Nuggets, is this this NBA... Listen, we, you know, we don't want this. Somebody joked the other day, I think it was Mike Breen during the game, and you know they were joking about how cool it's been the NBA playoffs, and they said, "Well, if this is, you know, you know, I, it's so good. I don't know, like, you know, like I, I'm gonna miss it almost type of thing." And they were talking basically about how like home court, there's no home court anymore. It's like there's no excuses. The referees have been good. Like, but there's been there's been a lot of good about the NBA bubble. All right, there's been a lot of good about the product and about the sport and everything. And it almost makes you think, like, like should the NBA not, like, um, they wouldn't do this, you know, because of the, the, the owners want the revenue. But I'm not saying that you, you play without fans forever. But how about the concept of, like, neutral courts with fans? You know what I mean? Sort of like March Madness style. Um, you know, sort of more tournament setting. Like, I don't know, later later in the playoffs or whatever. But I find it fascinating. And, I, you know, I'm going to, when we have time after, when like when, when the NBA playoffs are done, Stanley Cup's going to be done soon. Like I said, just to sort of analyze and see what was different. And so many things would have been different, guys. Like, we wouldn't have, like, the teams playing right now. Like, I don't, Boston wouldn't have beat the Raptors. Like, the Raptors are, like, dominant at home. They wouldn't have lost at home uh, to Boston. They would have won that game seven. Milwaukee wouldn't have fallen apart in the sense that they did. Like, if the pandemic never happened, the Bucks don't lose like they did. Like, they just, they were never the same. You know, like, the Dallas Stars never would have been in the Stanley Cup Finals if not for the pandemic. You know, like, for not the pandemic, but the shutdown, et cetera. Like, it is fascinating to see how, and but the thing is, I don't say any of this to take away any of these teams' successes. There's no asterisks next to any of this stuff. Like, it's been a battle in the NBA bubble. It's been a battle in the, in the NHL. Like, I don't, you know, it's different. Yeah, but like I said, I like the basketball. To me, is really cool. I don't care about the no fans thing. Like, when I'm watching a game, I don't think once, oh, I wonder what fans. Um, like I, you know, it doesn't bother me from a viewership uh, standpoint. And what I love about it, like I said, the refereeing has been good. Listen, Scott Foster gets criticized a lot. Um, Tony Brothers been criticized. One thing I will say: the Boston Celtics and Tony Brothers do have a history, and he did the game tonight. But did the Celtics get screwed? No. Scott Foster, for all the, like, Twitter jokes. Oh, Scott Foster, ha-ha, he sucks, this and that. Oh, no, Scott Foster. Scott Foster did game seven of the Raptors and uh, and Celtics. Wasn't a problem. Did the game tonight. Wasn't a problem. Uh, really, the NBA referees has really been different. I think the home crowd really affect officials, man. They really, they really do. Like, you know, especially basketball. Makeup calls, star players aren't getting the calls as much. LeBron gets called for traveling suddenly. It's refreshing. 
like like I said, I actually applaud the NBA officials. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I applaud the NBA officials and the officiating and 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 the and the bubble. It's been real good. It's been better than it normally is. Like they're not influenced by anything. Like you know what I mean? It's just play ball. It's good. They're letting a way more go. Man, some of these series have been like demolition derbies out there. So the Lakers are laying six in this basketball game. Man, I'm looking forward to this one. We got that football game tomorrow night, and I do like the Dolphins. Uh, I'm taking the Dolphins in that game. Give me the Dolphins plus the points and the money line. But um, the Lakers and the Nuggets, look, they played three games. They played three games. One of them was a blowout. All right, and that one was a game one, and we see that often in game ones of playoffs. Look at the Tampa Bay Lightning, sucked in game one, right, of the Stanley Cup Finals. Here they are, they're up 2-1 right now. I'm telling you, man, there's something to it after these hard series and stuff. The next game one is tough. You don't hate the team. It's not the same intensity. It's a different style. It's different matchup. It's different play calls. It's just like Tampa, like, readily admitted it after and said, yeah, yeah, it was a different style of hockey and we'll be ready for game two. You know, we know we know what to expect now, right? And, you know, it's the same thing in, in the NBA. And the Nuggets were in a bad spot in game one after that seven-game series. You know, almost every time we've seen in the NBA playoffs this year, these teams, like in the seven games, they get blasted after in the next game. It's just human nature. So, anyways, we played three games in this series, guys, and the Denver Nuggets could have, should have, whatever, the game two was right there. They convincingly won last night. And let's not forget, and I bring this up repeatedly about the Denver Nuggets, the Nuggets didn't beat the Clippers on a Hail Mary. They didn't win on a prayer at the buzzer. They kicked the crap out of them in a game seven. They held Kawhi to 14 points. All right, one of the biggest clutch players in the history of the NBA, Kawhi Leonard, got shut down. And, you know, the Clippers had a ton of talent. They had, like, the most talent on paper in the NBA. Denver smoked them. So it's not like Denver's some, like, little underdog that's hanging on for dear life here against the mighty Lakers. And I think the odds makers know this. I think the media thinks of it differently, but I know the odds makers know because it spreads six points. Normally right now, you'd think, like, the perception would be Oh, the Lakers are going to be mad. The Lakers are going to smoke them. The Lakers are better and, and all that. But look, the point spread is six. I'm really curious to see. I Like, I'm really looking forward to this game. Like, just to see how do the Lakers respond to this. Can Denver actually pull this off for real? Like, you know, they came back against the LA Clippers. They were down 3-1. They came back against the Utah Jazz. Like, we've seen, you know. They're not intimidated. If you can beat Kawhi and you can beat Paul George, you can beat LeBron and you can beat, uh, you know, uh, you can beat AD. Yeah, I, I'm not saying the Lakers aren't going to respond. Like, I'm not anti-Laker here. And, you know, this is how all this started. To me, this is just so cool, the NBA playoffs this year, in the hub, in the bubble. Why is one a hub and one's a bubble? They're both the same thing. <laughs> uh, but... It's just so cool. It's rare in the NBA that you're like, I don't know who's going to win. Like, you know what I mean? I don't, Miami could totally win the championship. The Lakers could totally win the championship. The Nuggets can win the championship. Portraits Late Night continues. Bring it.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Portrage. Late night. Another rapid fire show here this evening. Thanks to uh, Cam Stewart and Ian Cameron for kicking it with us on the program uh, here tonight. Um, so listen, we've been uh, we've been on fire, man. Uh, we've been killing it in the NBA on uh, Sunday night's game. That uh, Nuggets the AD game. Um, we went seven and zero with our picks and props. Then in the next game we went five and three. And now tonight we went 5-0 and in the NBA. Yet, I got to be honest, like, man, like, um, I'm not going to say we're lucky because it is what it is. Like, whatever happens, happens. It's not really luck. People complain about good luck, bad luck too much. It just is. It's reality. It's not luck, <laughs> okay? Um, but I had given up on it. I had Jason Tatum over 24 and a half points. I mean, come on, man. The guy has no points at the end of the third quarter, like, as if. Or he scored right at the end of the third, like, like, as if you're like, yeah, he's going to score 25 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's going to happen. Um, and he did. And uh, Gordon Dragic was stuck at 15 forever. And someone that bets as many props as I do, they're never there until they're there, bro. Man, the other night, last night, I had a, I had a strikeout prop with a Smiley on San Francisco on the Giants. Over five and a half strikeouts. He had five strikeouts after three innings. It didn't go over. He never got there. He got pulled. Uh, he got pulled in the fifth, and he didn't. He didn't have another strikeout. It happens all the time with these props. Like you don't get there all the time. So I'd given up on Dragic. I'm not gonna lie. There was like three minutes left, man. The guy was at 15 points, and I'm like, man, he's not shooting because Tyler Hero's scoring all the time. So I was like, all right, that's gonna be a loser. And I had Bam Abadeo to go over the rebound uh, points, uh, the props and assists uh, there, the that prop. But so that that was already in. We got lucky there. And then how about the game going over the number? The in-game number went as low as minus. Uh, it was, um, it was um, minus money, and it was minus one, uh, like minus 130, 196 and a half, the total. Crazy. And it ends up going over the number. All right, so as far as tomorrow is concerned, we're riding the underdogs. The Denver Nuggets plus the points. The Miami Dolphins plus the points. We'll catch you on Game Time Decisions at 6 o'clock Eastern. Another night you're on your own. Later. Later. 